It's time to kick off with Dirt and Spray. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl again. And Nick Sirianni in his second season has taken this team to the final game of the season. Good! This game is over! You can't doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're gonna have to deal with the Chiefs! This is a Super Week edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen Attorneys at Law. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen online at warrenallen.com. Super Week with Dirt and Spray on 1080. I still haven't processed it. I still can't believe it. The Fan. button to turn us off. Hey, hey. 602 in the Rose City. Time for on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. God damn. <laughs> We're off to a great start That's all today. Swag's fault right there. We are off to a great start. Who was recording something in your last Hulk night? Who day? takes the mics? Out of program. Well, I, I, I don't know what happened. There's a jacket also been left in here. Oh, somebody did leave a jacket, huh? And I don't know if that's just Isaac or... It was no, there. they were all potted down. So who was in here yesterday? Uh, why Why does Primetime's producer, whether that's Buck or somebody else... That was Jordan Schultz yesterday. Yeah, it was Jordan Always yesterday. turn off the mic or pot them down. <laughs> no, I don't know. Why? I kind of hope our mics aren't in program right now, too. We just got... They are in program. Okay, that I can hear. No. Hey, hey, hey. Potted down. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day, everybody. Woo! What a spectacle last night. What a spectacle. It was. <laughs> that was a show. I, uh, I, I don't think there was a better tweet than from NBA writer Chris Herring, who tweeted last night, you guys are upset or wondering why they stopped a game? in which we're watching the 12 and 13 seeds in the West play on a random <laughs> Tuesday night? Because everybody seemed to be confused. I saw some people go, how dare they stop the game? There's 10 seconds left in the third quarter. It's an all-time record. One of the most un- thought of unreachable records in sports history. It is an irrelevant game for most people because those two teams are not good. I actually have a take from last night, and that is LeBron James is officially the greatest of all time because he accomplished it before the end of the third quarter so I could go to bed. Because <laughs> I didn't give a rat's ass who won that game. I don't care. that It's hilarious that the Lakers lost. I, I was not invested in that game at all, but I watched the first three quarters waiting for him to break it, and he did it before the fourth quarter. That guy is an absolute king. He is a legend. Yeah. And I went to bed early, and I didn't have to stay up until 9 45 last night yeah yeah there i mean there is that but uh well it just it speaks to your point and nobody cared who won that game last night well i just i don't get people that didn't understand why the game stopped for that i mean you do it literally in every sport i, I remember when drew Brees broke the passing record and they gave yes, him a weird I piece of paper too. they st- it was a monday night football game yep. everybody stopped he took his helmet off walked around the field it was an emotional moment yeah when aaron judge broke a record that wasn't even a record they stopped that game for a good 15 minutes as he walked around and everybody took pictures and he did things on the field with the maris family like that's that's what happens when you break records and every everybody was aware of it you knew it I guarantee you like we didn't get it with the blazer um, all-time scoring record but I would have been curious if Dame had broken that in Portland 
if they would have stopped the game they for would've. a minute. You're like, hey, let's take a moment, you know, give a wave to the crowd. Here's a quick thing on the microphone. Thank you. Like, that would have been a part of it, too. It's just kind of what you do when you break a record. Don't you think they would have? I, I would like to think they would have. Yeah, it's different when you're on the road, obviously, for yeah. a non – because they were in, speaking of OKC, in Oklahoma City, so they didn't really give a rat's ass that he broke it. Mm. But, yeah, it's just – I mean, that's what ha- has happened for every major record. People people stop the game, you, you celebrate it, and you move on. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't sitting on my couch going, why would they stop the game right now? <laughs> the only thing that I was butthurt about last night – What were you butthurt about? I just – I don't know. Maybe it's just the deep-seated hatred that will never go away, that no matter how bad that organization is, it simmers under the surface, mm. waiting to explode like a volcano. I, I just – I hated that that happened in Los Angeles. I hate that Laker fans get that moment. And that they get now, like, they they don't even like LeBron. They've always pushed him away. Kobe was always their guy. And he won the bubble championship, but whatever. It is definitely a fake fandom for 100%. LeBron. 100%. They, they've been as anti-LeBron. <laughs> they don't care. For, like, 16 of his 20-year career. And every other fan base in the NBA would have welcomed that dude with open arms, you know, praying to him on a nightly basis. They're LeBron idols in their room. Yeah. And I just, I hated that it happened in L.A. and that he's a Laker. And Magic's thing, when they showed the video celebration, it's great that you did it in the purple and gold. Like, get out of here with that crap. Can I tell you something that's a little bit in the trust tree and you might not like? I I don't I actually agree with what you're saying. I hate that that fan base got it because that fan base doesn't deserve anything. They don't deserve a thing and they think they deserve it every year. Yes. Every single year their team could be awful, their team could be great. They think they should be a championship team every single season. They should never have to endure <laughs> A few bad streaks. They think the Blazers should be forced to trade Damian yes. Lillard for Russell Westbrook. That being said, and I, I do blame the league and I blame the organization, there is something admittedly a little cool about Los Angeles just always having this kind of entertainment stuff happen. <laughs> I, to them. I hate that. I know. I, I, I hate it. I totally get I it. I wish this would have happened in like a good under the radar NBA city. I, it should. I mean, let, let's be honest. Where I, real fans can celebrate it, not celebrities that don't give a rat's ass about the NBA. I don't blame him at all as a player for wanting to go to LA. Sure. He's a mogul. He's a billionaire. He's doing, he's living a life that. Almost any one of us, if we were in the position, we'd probably have to move to Los Angeles as well. It would have been really badass if he broke that record in Cleveland. Yes, he is a Cav. He will always be known as a Cav. I He's going to go in as a Cavalier. As a Cavalier. He won- ended their title drought. Like that's When you think of LeBron James, you think of Cleveland first and foremost before you think of Miami second and then L.A. as a distant, distant, distant third. And that's not going to change in the coming years, depending on where his his career goes from here. But yeah, I just I was thinking about that last night, like the the people in Cleveland. How cool would that have been if it happened? That the schedule would I mean that that would have been the all time miracle to line up the schedule because you only get one game a year in Cleveland as a as a Western Conference team. Yeah, but it just that I I did kind of feel for the folk in Cleveland because I'm sure that was a really big deal for them. I, they have re-embraced the relationship. He went back, won the championship, and I don't think there was any hard feelings the second time he won because he lived up to his promise. He brought a championship back to that city. And so they, they love him. They welcome him with open arms, and it would have been so cool to see it happen there. I was uh, I was glad that Kareem was there. Yeah. I had heard rumblings that he wasn't going to – I might have been on prime time. I don't know. But I, I, I thought I heard that he wasn't going to be at this game tonight, and I didn't understand why. And I text you guys early. 
I text like five different group chats, and I said, bet the over. I bet the over. Bet the over. That man showed up to that game in that suit. He wasn't waiting for Thursday. He was breaking that record last night. I think in part because he thought there was a chance they'd win. And as I said, it was their best chance because Milwaukee's going to bludgeon them. They're a terrible team. But I didn't know Anthony Davis was going to flat out quit on the team and not care at all about playing basketball. Didn't know Mike Muscala was going to go off. No, I did. I'm, I'm not surprised by what offensively OKC did. <laughs> Scored almost 140 points on him, man. I know. I don't oh. know. They're awful defensively. Did you not notice? Uh, like, last night was all about LeBron and the Kareem stuff. I was happy Kareem was there, and they at least had the – you know, similar exchange that Kareem and Wilt had when he broke Wilt's record. That was a cool moment. He lifted the ball up, handed it to him like a passing of the torch. That was really cool. He's not built like Wilt. Would have been really cool if he also came out in a black tank top the way Wilt was when he handed the ball to Kareem when Kareem broke it. Uh, that would have been badass. But um, <laughs> did you notice Anthony Davis just being kind of – he looked like a player that's about to get traded the way his attitude was. I mean, I almost texted you guys like, what? The, I mean, I know he's been hurt. I don't watch a lot of Laker basketball because why would you subject yourself to that level of torture? What the hell happened to that guy? He was having a great year, and then he got hurt. He's been back. Like, that wasn't his first game Right, he's back. been back for a couple weeks. I don't know. And then there was a moment where they showed LeBron on the bench. He's like, I love you, man. And, like, there was video. I think Bill Simmons tweeted out. There was a video of, like, the moment he hit the shot to break the record. And Anthony Davis, like, nonchalantly, like, shoulders kind of droopy down. He walks to the bench, and he just sits down, doesn't put his arms up, doesn't clap, nothing. I'm going to go take a seat. And Simmons, I think, tweeted, like, um, what? And I, I might be wrong here. Maybe he just wasn't feeling good, but it really looked like a guy that thought he was getting traded and now hates LeBron James. Yeah, like he wanted nothing to do with last night. <laughs> yeah. he, I mean, he, he was horrendous, too. I mean, he was he, awful. He That's turned why the ball they lost. Over. He couldn't make a shot. I they mean, were plus eight with LeBron. So they, they were in the plus territory when he played, and Anthony Davis is doing nothing. Russell Westbrook's throwing passes out of bounds. He threw one to Kareem. That was very thoughtful of him. Jeez, man. That, that, oh, Westbrook was just That hideous. team is awful. And Anthony <laughs> Davis, so bad. Westbrook is bad. We know that, though. Anthony Davis is supposed to be the number two, and yes. he, he looked like a scared turtle. Somebody brought up a great point on Twitter last night saying the, the, the best part about him breaking it and not doing it tonight and not on Thursday or a, a subsequent game is that if, if there were people with brains, they would go to the TV executives and say every nationally televised Laker game the rest of the season sh done. should be stricken from the record. I'm with you there. Like, you had it. That was great. We all watched it. It was incredible. Uh, any adjective you want to use, we were all in awe watching what took place last night, the breaking of an all-time record. That's enough. That team's horrible. They're not fun to watch. It's not. I just no. There's nothing about them that is appealing to me on television anymore. Now that LeBron has broken that record. Now you guys, I think everybody knows this. Any listener that's listened for a decent amount of time knows this. You guys know I'm a big LeBron guy. Yes. How I feel about him as a player. How long I've been rooting for that dude. Right. Big LeBron James basketball fan. I I saw a few egregious tweets last night. And I'm not going to name the names, but there were like prominent media members. So oh, we got some takequakes. Give me some takequakes. So, some podcast hosts in different spheres of the NBA world that were tweeting. I got literal tears in my eyes. And look, I like seeing history be made. I thought that was a great moment. I was, I was on my couch and I'm like, he did it. <laughs> and my wife's like, what did he do? And I'm like, well, he broke a record. And uh, I thought it was a cool moment. 
Not got. I never came close to. You crying. didn't cry. You no. didn't. Cry. You didn't shed a tear in your house. No, you're dead inside. No. I had one tear shed in a happy way when he beat the Warriors because I had a combination of I hated the Golden State thing randomly popping up and then becoming all time great, and I thought it was cool. Cleveland got a championship. Yeah, but like not like really crying. Like people were tweeting that they were crying. Like, what are you crying about? I'm trying to think of sports. I think the only thing that gets me to cry as a sports fan is if my team wins a championship. I think that's that's, that's probably it for me, too. That's all I got. Yeah. I've, I've been through some heartbreaking losses. I didn't cry. You're well, depressed. But I, I didn't cry when the Braves won. I, but I was like, super ecstatic. I was like, happy. I was drinking a bourbon. I didn't cry, though. Okay. No. I, I popped the champagne when the Dodgers finally won the did World you Series did again? you cry when the Giants won one? I might have the first one. Yeah, the I think first I one. Did the first one. Yeah, I, I, all right. It was I had never experienced in my life a championship. Yeah, like of a team that I love, and that was the first time it had ever happened. Right, and they had never won one in San Francisco since moving there in 1954. True, and so yeah, I think champ, championships will get me to shed a happy tear. Like, man, this is awesome. I yeah. can't believe because you're just in the moment, and then you 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 always take it for granted, and then you get removed from it. And you're like, well, is that ever going to happen again? I sure hope that happens again <laughs> as the subsequent years go by. But I, there's not a single record that could get broken that would ever make me cry. Yeah, I, well, maybe Dame. But Dame already broke the record. But he's got I, the franchise. If he became the all-time NBA's leading scorer, it'd be really cool. Which, I mean, it's obviously not going to happen. It'd be awesome. Yeah. But I, I I don't think I would shed a tear Maybe I'll that. do a question, open-ended question on our Twitter account. Last moment in sports that made you cry, whether a kid or an adult. I'm just curious, yeah. last time you cried from a sporting event. I mean, those, like, E60 pieces will get me to cry on a weekly that, that basis. Doesn't count. That doesn't That's count. not on the court action. That doesn't count, man. Yeah. Make a wish thing. I'm going to ball my eyes out. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady made me cry. That's a wor- Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they did make you cry yesterday. <laughs> That's the, the worst part about turning into some of those, like, tuning into those, like, pregame shows and stuff. You get one of those, like, heartfelt stories. You're just like, damn it. For an NFL Sunday, and yeah. you're telling me a story about a kid in a wheelchair. Now I'm crying. I'm, like, sitting, <laughs> sitting here in my living room. This isn't good for anybody, all right? Uh, we'll get into the LeBron stuff coming up at 7. We got other things we need to get to. So uh, it's a loaded show. We have two guests today. Ricky Williams at 730, former hey, NFL running back, Heisman winner. And we'll talk with Kevin Pelton, our good friend of ESPN, his thoughts on the Blazers as we loom closer to the trade deadline. He'll join us at 8.30 today. we got Statter Story at 8.15. Loaded show, a lot to discuss. And we start, who's crazier? That's next on the All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you on this uh, humpy, humpy hump day. Hope everybody gets their hump on. Get your hump on today. You think there's people out there that live their lives that way? It's like, oh, it's Wednesday. It's make love day. Got a hump. I mean, if you're going to have one day a week to do it, Wednesday's not a bad day. I'd probably go Saturday day one, mm. Friday night day two, and then probably hump day. That's, yeah, that's fair. You know, weekends, it's a little more enjoyable. Kind of let your hair down a little bit more. Don't have to worry about work. I remember watching an episode, a TV episode. I think it might have been like Home Improvement years ago. I was a kid. <laughs> and I remember they had an episode where they talked about how many times a week they did it. <laughs> Like that was a thing on network television. Huh? How many times a week you at? Huh? What are you at? <laughs> Three, four. I uh? think Al Borland was like, "Oh, me and so and so are five time a weekers." <laughs> oh, Al Borland was a he was a freak in the sheets, man. Oh, Al Borland got he it was on. a freak in the sheet. Him and his flannel and his beard, things are tickling down there. He was an absolute freak. It's funny to watch the old TV shows like that. I watched uh, Family Matters with my my oldest, and then I tried to get her to watch Home Improvement. We went like three, four episodes. We just haven't got back to it. Yeah. But it's funny to watch those and like remember watching it live. I'm like, oh, I remember watching this episode. It's a great episode. But then looking at it and going, 
God, this episode looks really old, and I'm really old. <laughs> it's the haircuts, it's the clothes, it's everything that goes into it. You're like, God, this is the 90s. Yeah. This is 1993, and I can just feel it through the screen. Well, that's the thing about like home improvement. A little more so for me than even Family Matters, because Family Matters came out a little earlier, and I caught on late. Home Improvement, the kids in that show all dressed probably how I dressed. Kind of acid wash jeans. Acid wash jeans. Bright color t-shirts. Striped t-shirts, bright colors, you know, (laughs) weird haircut. You had to have a weird haircut. I'm, I'm doing the same thing right now. My wife has never seen Seinfeld. And so it's it's really? on Netflix. She's never seen Seinfeld. Wow. And so we're slowly working our way. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of episodes there. Yeah. A lot of seasons, a lot of episodes. Sure. But she's getting into it. She thinks it's funny, and she's all in. But it's hilarious watching shows that came out in 1991, 1992. And they just they make you laugh because of the looks, the haircuts, the outfits, everything that goes into it. It's such a, it's a bygone era, man. I'll tell you, I'm delaying to get audio in the system, and this system is... It takes a while. you got to upload it. You gotta upload. You gotta wait. You gotta load. Yeah. Are we good now? Okay. Tracking bar. Well, it's just sometimes. Yes, it just finally popped. It's up. just like okay. sometimes. Why does it take so long? I don't know. I feel like our system. Anyways, okay. Let's not get into the technical stuff. Let's no. just get to this. I want to ask you both this question: Who is crazier? Is it this athlete named Kyrie Irving with this response at his Dallas press conference yesterday? You know, just sitting in the seat today, I just know I want to be places where I'm celebrated uh, and not just tolerated or or, or just, um, you know, kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. Um, and there were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected and my talent. I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Everyone talks about what I'm doing off the floor, so... Um, I just want to change that narrative, write my own story, and just continue preparing the gym. And now that I'm in Dallas, just focus on what I can control, like I said. And, um, you know, I'm always going to be close with those guys in Brooklyn, just like I'm close with the guys in Boston, just like I'm close to the guys in Cleveland. Um, you know, it is a team competitive sport, but we care about each other's families way more off the court. So um, I know those ex- the relationships will extend off. Um, I'm just focused on preparing to win. Or... Is it NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers sharing what he is going to be going on here in the next couple weeks in his offseason? It's a darkness retreat. Wow. And I've had you know a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences. And it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now, and I felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where I was leaning after this season. So it's been on the calendar for uh, months and months and months, and it's coming up uh, in a couple weeks. So Rodgers is going to go on a darkness retreat. I, I listened a little more. I didn't want to pull any more audio of it because that was from the McAfee show. Uh, darkness retreat, for those wondering, that is a four-night journey in a room in a tiny house all by himself in which he has a sliding little opening door <laughs> where they'll slide him food, and he just sits in a dark room for four days completely isolated from the entire world. No technology, no other person to talk to. It's him in a bedroom, a dark black bedroom, or Kyrie Irving saying he's not being respected 
And all he cares about is writing his own story and winning. Oh, God. So the question is, who is crazier? This is pretty We obvious. could do that, or we could just play the who's the more insufferable douche. Uh, it's Kyrie Irving. Yes. It's Kyrie Irving, and I don't even necessarily know if it's close. Really? No. Like, the whole, the, the Ro- Rogers is weird. He's out there a little bit. He did the, what is it, ayahuasca, is that what they call it? The tea that he drank last year that made him hallucinate, essentially mushrooms. Now he's going on a darkness retreat. Would I ever want to do this? No. Does it sound like solitary confinement? Yes. Like, this guy's just signing up to be in a dark prison for four days. Like, okay, whatever you got to do to get to your higher spot of learning, like, go for it, buddy. But this isn't harming anybody. The, the Kyrie stuff, it just, it's... <laughs> Kyrie's not harming anybody. Well, I mean, you know, Jewish people might disagree with that. But he... <laughs> Touche, my man. The comments of and the inability to... The, the inability to look inward for a guy who was... You know, he brags about being, again, like of a higher level of learning, an enlightened individual, the inability to look inward and ever acknowledge a fault, ever acknowledge that something was, hey, you know what? I probably shouldn't have done that. Hey, you know what? Maybe the reason things didn't work out in Brooklyn was because I was half in, half out. I wasn't really around. I played in half as many, half of the possible games that I could have played. Like, maybe some of this is on me. Maybe the reason Brooklyn didn't want to give me a four-year max contract extension was because they haven't been able to rely on me for the first four years of this relationship. Like, he never has the ability to look inward and look in the mirror and acknowledge, like, hey, here are my issues. And I that, that kind of stuff, seeing those clips yesterday pop up, there was a lot of them. I'm glad you only played one of them because he had one about deleting his apology post after the anti-Semitic video that he tweeted out. Like, I didn't want to play that one. I, I don't want to get into that stuff again. I just – people who don't have the ability to look inward and understand their faults and their weaknesses and why you're putting yourself in, in certain situations, we all have shortcomings as human beings. We all make mistakes. Part of the part of the ability to learn and grow from those is to acknowledge that you made a mistake, and he's never acknowledged he's made a mistake. Um, it only took – look at my watch – it only took 25 minutes. Surprised it didn't come sooner. ESPN finally running on Get Up. Has LeBron passed Michael as the GOAT? He's the GOAT. Who's the GOAT? And so the next three hours of that show is probably going to be, is LeBron the GOAT? That's what I yes. got for the whole 8 a.m. hour today. Hour-long GOAT debate. No, I took <laughs> a little different spin with it. Uh... Are, My, we, are we on Kyrie or are we on LeBron now? We're on LeBron. Okay. I just I, wanted to know what ESPN was programming because, <laughs> okay. you know, we're not doing that. No. And if there's I, – I, I'm tired of that debate. I'm more curious, and this is probably generational. Who's more iconic? So when you think of the NBA, and it's now growing expansive – you know, from basically from basically the Celtics, I, I don't want to go back to the Dolph Shays and the George Mikans and the Bob Pettits and don't make your jokes. <laughs> from the Celtics, from Koozie and Bill Russell, from there to Wilt to Kareem, all the way through, the guys that define their generation. But when you think of the NBA, who is that first player or pair of players that comes to mind? Eric Barkley. I thought you were going to say Eric Snow. <laughs> No. Eric Barkley's a great blast from the past days. It is. <laughs> John, John Crotty. I don't know. Blazer legend Eric Barkley. Dude, I, I, I see where you're coming from. You're going to have a different answer than most. It's Michael Jordan. This isn't even a contest. Well, I think you bring, I think this is the dumb thing about the GOAT debate. It's stupid. It's pointless. It's driven to fire people up. There's no right or wrong answer. Everybody has a different yeah. opinion on it, and I, there are different generations. I, I think to your point, Swag, well, I would goat- almost spin it as like, what? who is the face of the NBA for generations? Because everybody's going to have a different face. If you grew yeah. up you know, watching Magic and Bird at their peak, like I didn't see 
that. That's not yeah. my face of the NBA, but I understand the history to it. If you grew up as a kid in the 90s, it's probably Michael Jordan. It's, For younger yeah. kids, it's maybe Jordan, it's Kobe, maybe it's LeBron. Then there's Kobe and Shaq, then there's LeBron. Right, so I, to, to me, there's different eras and there's different faces yeah. of the league, but there's no doubt for the last 15 years, LeBron has been the face of the NBA. Oh, no question. Well, I, he, is, he, is in, he is in that conversation as an all-time face. Yeah, I just... I saw a lot of ridiculous stuff yesterday, and I, I knew I would because of everything that was going to transpire last night. But I, I saw one, uh, it was a Blazer account, and it, it, it got retweeted on my timeline, and it basically was like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it was his resume. And it was, you know, what his resume was, which is un-effing believable. It's probably the great it, – it really could yeah. be classified as the greatest resume ever. And it said – LeBron's resume isn't even on Cap's level, and Cap isn't even considered better than Jordan, and I'm supposed to care about this? <laughs> and I was like, I looked at the Kareem resume, and I go, that's better than Jordan, that's better than Jordan, that's better than Jordan. I counted like five things, and I went, five of the things on that resume. Michael Jordan's not better than Kareem, Matt. So what is your point here? Yeah. If you're comparing a resume between LeBron and Kareem, Jordan's resume isn't even Kareem's resume. It's remarkable. And so I just, we're going to do a lot of ridiculously stupid things the next 24 to 48 hours with the fact that he broke that record. That's what that leads to. You get a lot of take quakes out of it, man. A lot of take quakes. You and your goddamn take <laughs> They're all over the place right now. Is it take quakes or is it quake it's takes? It's take quakes, man. It's take quakes. Yeah, get it right. I kind of like quake takes. Tasty cakes brought to you by take quakes. <laughs> Make this a thing, sales staff. Sell it. There's, ABC. There's too many things. There's too many things that sound similar there that I just, you say, you rattle them off. You say it quick enough. You confuse people. Yeah, you do. You really do. You go quick. Taste quick. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's Kyrie. I don't want to overlook the fact that a pro football quarterback's locking himself voluntarily in a yeah. dark room for four days. And as you noted, and I would know this because I had family that went to prison, solitary confinement actually drives some people crazy. Yeah, like really quick. And so because he has stoner best friends who tell him, dude, it's enlightening. <laughs> He's going to go lock himself in a room for four days. Now, the, the important distinction between this and solitary confinement is, is he can knock on the door. There's no lock on the door. He can walk out of that room whenever he wants yes, to. Yes, he can. He absolutely can. You're Good. kind of eliminating the reason for why you're doing it, though, aren't you? What if he legitimately went crazy? What if well, we just, like, lose Aaron Rodgers out of this? What if he lied? He comes back, he's schizophrenic. <laughs> what if he just went on a vacation and didn't actually lock himself and was like, it was so awesome. I was there with my thoughts, and I thought... You know what's great about the world? Just keep spinning. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. That was deep, man. Glad broom closet for four days to realize that. Couldn't figure that out. You gotta have you gotta be in darkness for that. I where are you at on him? Real quick. We gotta go. But I mean, he's kind of him? an insufferable douche, but I You're you know still me. On board. I'm he's, still on board. He's still the goat. He's still the goat. Yeah. I understand it. He's gonna end up on a situation this offseason, either the Jets or the Raiders, probably. And yeah, we'll yeah. see what he can do. He's the he's the new Brett Favre. He's retiring to one team, then probably another, and then he's gonna hang him up. Underrated part of uh, one of the team's journeys in the Super Bowl. I want to talk about that next. All right, welcome back in Dirt and Sprague with you. Good morning. How are you doing? LeBron James is the all-time scoring leader. Kyrie Irving is not sorry for his anti-Semitic language. Aaron Rodgers going on a dark. Retreat. We're going to lead him to the black hole. Hey, oh. 
And uh, we've got Super Bowl and Blazer stuff to get to today. It's it's a busy little day, busy little show for us. How dare you overlook the Pac-12 expanding again, too? How dare you overlook that? Yeah. We're going places, brother. Yep. We are going places. Mighty SMU. <laughs> Look at us. So excited. Things are going great. Uh yeah, I, I want to, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. It'll probably be in your <laughs> segment of the okay, show. We can save that for my block. Because I want to know how we feel about Klyovkov right now. Because I saw that report, and what I drew from it was, I'm not getting any great offers. I need to do something to make it better. We need the Dallas, Dallas TV market. San Diego. <laughs> Hello, come be partners with us so we can make, you know, some respectable amount of money. Is SMU still cheating like they used to? If they are, welcome them with open let's, arms. Let's, let's go. Hope the so. Pony Express. Spend some cash, yes. baby. Where's Craig James at when you need him? NIL is legal, baby. Uh, I want to talk about this for the Super Bowl, and we'll start getting to some Super Bowl stuff here, obviously, because we're a few days out. Patrick Mahomes is going to win the league MVP. I don't need to tell anybody, especially you guys, how great Patrick Mahomes is. But I'm curious what this year, what did this year prove to you about Patrick Mahomes? Not that you didn't know if he was good. Not that you didn't know that his arm had, you know, tremendous strength and he could throw the football in a way we really have never seen. But he was asked about losing Tyreek Hill. And he said, quote, we accepted the challenge as players. The coaches and Coach Bienemy accepted the challenge. We lost an all-time great receiver in Tyreek, someone that did a lot of great things for us, but we've got a lot of great receivers as well. And Coach Bienemy and Coach Reed, they went in there and learned what their strengths were, and we maximized it this year. It's not just the players, it's the coaches, everybody in the building. Mahomes is all in on this chief thing. They were going to depart with Tyreek Hill. He said, you know what, that sucks, but okay, I trust you guys. And he had one of his best seasons ever, and he's going to be a league MVP this year. I went through the receivers, and they're they're okay. Yeah. But I was I was really trying to wrap my brain around how many quarterbacks could get his team here with that receiving core. Yeah, and you, and you want to make sure to throw in Travis Kelsey there too, because I, Travis I, I, I Kelsey know. is his number one target Obviously. and will always always be his number one target. But I, but just receivers like yeah. Lamar. One of the big things for Lamar, he's got Mark Andrews. And nothing it. else, yeah. And if you compare their receiving core to a lot of others in the NFL, it's not it doesn't stack up very well. Hell, even this weekend, right? I mean, you would take A.J. Brown over anybody as a wide receiver on Kansas City. I'd take Devonta, Devonta Smith, Smith, over Smith probably over anybody yeah. on Kansas City, too. Um, and you could do that with Cincinnati. You could do that with Buffalo. You could, I mean, you go up and down the list of different wide receivers, the 49ers, yeah. the Chargers. There's a lot of different teams that are in that category. What it has shown to me, and I think it's a combo of his greatness, his elite level of play, and the coaching and the offensive schemes that they build in Kansas City, they, they're immune to losing players because of the scheme and because of his talent level. And I think this is the one of the biggest challenges that young quarterbacks who have a high level of success go through is proving we always talk about rookie contracts and winning when quarterbacks are on the cheap. Eventually that changes. And if you land an elite guy, you're going to have to pay him 40 to 40 to $50 million a year, and there are going to be cap casualties to it. Now, this might be an unfair example, but I'm as big of an Aaron Rodgers guy as anybody. Now, the age is different there, but how different did Aaron Rodgers look this year as compared to last year? 
He lost Devontae Adams, who was his safety blanket, who he threw the ball to, it felt like, 75% of the time, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. They tried to replace him with young guys, with kind of guys out the scrap heap. Let's go get Randall Cobb back, like draft a rookie out of North Dakota State. And their offense stunk for the good majority of the season. They didn't look like the same football team. And we have conversations about both Green Bay and Kansas City in the offseason. Will they be able to replace these guys? One of them did it. And again, age plays a part of that because Rodgers isn't quite the quarterback that he was in the peak of his career. Maybe six years ago, he would be the same as Mahomes surviving fine without Devontae Adams. But it just showed to me unquestionably that he is the number one quarterback in the NFL, that he is immune to what comes and goes around him. And now I think it's a challenge for all these other young elite quarterbacks. Can you duplicate that? Like Joe Burrow's going to go through this. They might lose T. Higgins this offseason because they got to pay Burrow. They got to pay Jamar Chase. Like you're handing out big time money to two guys. You're not paying two wide receivers, number one wide receiver money. They're going to likely trade T. Higgins and he's going to go get number one money somewhere else. Is your offense the same? You're losing a major weapon that you have on the outside. And so it's a challenge for any young quarterback, and he has proven that he is immune to the ups and downs around him. I think the biggest thing it showed to me, one, he's coachable in a way Tom Brady was, Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that Russell Wilson has now shown he's not. Not that Nathaniel, but even with Pete Carroll, who was sticking to his system of let's put a good defense together and a solid run game. Now they couldn't keep it going, salary cap and all that. Uh, the other thing is, and this is where he differs from Aaron Rodgers, is he's willing to accept the responsibility of the team, understanding what that contract and being the guy and the quarterback means. That's that quote. That's what I took away from the quote, too, was he was like, uh, well, uh, okay, I'm still getting paid. Like, he's just like, I'll figure it out. And, I, I you know, losing a Tyreek Hill. A lot of people, because of that move, we're wondering, like, hey, wild card team, uh, are we really yeah. thinking the Chiefs can do this? I'm not trying to say they weren't given any respect at all going into the year. I think that would be foolish because they have Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid and Chris Jones. But I think a lot of people saw Tyreek Hill depart and went, Nicole Hardman, Juju. It's not that – I mean, Patrick might have gone into the offices of Andy Reid and the front office and say, oh, okay, but how are how are we going to do it? He did, and they, they basically said, this is our plan. We think we yeah. can find guys. We can develop guys. They went and got Kadarius Toney uh, this season during mm-hmm. the year when the Giants were like, all right, enough is yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. They're going to play this game. And I'm glad you brought up Burrow and T. Higgins because that's a fascinating little side story in the NFL I was I was going through my uh, I was thinking about the quarterbacks, the good quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks, and you go through it and you're like how many have a number one? At least have a number one. Like you're right, Kelsey is his number one, mm-hmm. but it, at receivers specifically, like Burrow has Chase and Higgins, Allen has Diggs, right? Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins Jefferson. has Jeff- Justin Jefferson. You go through all the quarterbacks and you go through each situation. Yeah, Herbert's got Williams and Keenan Allen. It's it's not a coincidence to me. And I Jacksonville might be kind of the lone one here where Jacksonville's got a bunch of number twos. It doesn't feel like they have a true number one. We'll have it next year. We don't sleep on the Calvin Ridley trade. That was a big deal like, for them. And they're adding him next year. Yeah, that's right because he was suspended from gambling. Mm-hmm. But you go through it, and it's not a coincidence to me that Aaron Rodgers. And guys like him missed the playoffs. They they didn't have a one. You can feel how you feel about Watson or Dobbs or whoever. Sure. But not having a number one, it, it's a true detriment to who a quarterback is. Look at Brady at the end of New England. Right. I mean, look at New England. Mac Jones. I, I don't know if Mac Jones is any good, but 
I also can sympathize with Mac Jones and say, I don't know who you're throwing to. Jacoby Myers? <laughs> Good luck with that. He's throwing backwards passes to the Raiders. Mustang Kendrick Bourne? I think it just speaks to part of his unique greatness is that I'm not sure how many other quarterbacks in this league get to this spot and have this season when they don't have a true number one at wideout. That's kind of my point. Even Josh Allen. I'm a big Josh Allen guy. He's got Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs might be the best receiver in football. It just to be able to do this, man, I that's something I don't want to take for granted is him being back here and him doing what he did this year to win the league MVP because he's going to win it and doing it after you lose a guy like Tyreek Hill who's all-time great just at, in a skill set level. I think it makes you relax completely as an organization too, knowing the guys can come and go and you trust your quarterback and you trust your your brain trust offensively. So we're going to find a way to make this work. We're good enough. He's good enough. And it doesn't matter who are the who are the weapons. Like Travis Kelsey, you don't want to underrate having him because he's Not the best all, tight no. end in the, in the NFL. And I don't want to act like we're arguing he has nobody to throw the football to. Yeah. But there is a difference when you look at wide receiver cores and the ability to create separation and all that. They, they can get around it because of Mahomes' ability to extend plays and use his legs and because Andy Reid is an offensive genius in the way he designs offenses. Uh, I want to get a little bit more on this and talk about the quarterbacks. Super Bowl's coming up. It's it seems like it's gonna be a great game. It's the you know the smallest point spread we've had in quite some time if ever. And uh yeah a little more on the Super Bowl stuff we'll get to it next Steven Ruiz of the Ringer says Patrick Bombs is the best football player I've ever seen. And uh you know I sometimes often agree with that. Doesn't mean he's the goat. It can. I don't. I don't really care anymore. I don't care who you think the goat is. I, <laughs> I'm so tired of it. And I know we'll get to LeBron coming up at the top of the hour. He plays the position at a level that I've never seen before. Yeah, it's an. Yeah. It's, it's just it's different, just, man. His arm strength, yeah. his ability to scramble, his the the weird freaky throws that he, <clears throat> excuse me that he comes up with left handed, underhanded. He just he does things that nobody else does in the NFL. And I think the NFL now, even more than the NBA, we talk about the generations and how different the game is being, how the game is being played now is so different. I think for a long, uh, in my generation, the long time was the best football player was Walter Payton. He did everything. He blocked. He he was the all-time leading rusher. He could receive. He would throw the football. Uh, They ran a lot of halfback options and stuff for him. Yeah. Um, I know for a lot of people, uh, it was Jerry Rice. Um, that that was for me growing up. Like yeah. I, quarterbacks got a lot of the attention, obviously, but Rice being so historical and all the record breaking. Lawrence Taylor for a lot of people, absolutely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, linemen get overlooked. It's a really stupid sport for us to classify yeah. one guy the greatest. Brady gets the respect from most of the players because I think most of them understand the importance of the position. But like Kelsey, for example, his yeah. teammate is yeah. And, and but Mahomes, City is Mahomes like stuff. is different. Yeah. He's just. Different. He's you just cannot different. take your eyes off of him yeah. when he's when he's on the screen. Well, you know, I I think sometimes life lines up and and we get really cool stories like this where it's Kansas City and Philadelphia. But you know, another element of it. What month is it, sir? It is February. February is also known as Black History Month. And for the first time in NFL history, we've got two starting quarterbacks that are black. That's really cool. I do think it's cool. Jalen Hurts was asked about it and what it means for. Younger players coming up. Uh, here was Jalen Hurts at the uh, NFL opening night ceremony. Hold 
it. Maybe. Hold Maybe. it. Hold the white it. guys can't play the black guy talking. No, <laughs> I put stuff in because we didn't get to it yesterday, so I put all the new stuff in. So I got to go back and Can you just it. leave stuff in? You always take stuff out. We need to leave stuff in. Hang on. Do the, do the leaving. Do the leaving. I almost asked him, too, hey, you still have that clip up? Because I remember having the screen in the old studio. Yeah, it was right there in front And the of drops you. would be there, and I'd be like, why did he take that drop off? You used to have the ability to play things. We don't quite have that set up yet. Well, we have a machine that was supposed to be right where I'm sitting, where I could just hit the button myself and play it. I think there's only three black quarterbacks that ever won a Super Bowl. Is that number correct? Uh, Patrick, Doug, Doug Williams was Doug the Williams. first, and... There's another one in there. Who's the other one? Is there another one? There's another one. I thought I saw that stab. I don't want to say you're right, but I'm trying to think. Who are we forgetting? There's a Super Bowl somewhere that we're going to go, Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I don't think... I can't come up with it. Uh, Can you? As a black quarterback, ever won a Super Bowl? Doug Williams, of course. There's, uh, okay, I, I think that's the, it. I know who the first one was. Well, Mahomes too. Yeah, that's only a, three. Yeah, there's we, a third. Oh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, of course. Our our apologies there. Our man, Russell Wilson. Yeah, our boy. How could Russ. we forget? How could you possibly Russell forget Wilson. Russell How, Wilson? Do you have it up, or are we gonna? <laughs> All right, I found it. Okay, right, here's Jalen Hurts on uh, two black quarterbacks and the significance that is. Uh, for kids, that's out uplifting there. tomorrow's uh, ne- the next generation of quarterbacks. That that four year old, five year old kid um, back in Houston, back in Philly, back in te- uh, Texas, Louisiana, wherever across the world. That um, regardless of what someone may say or have an opinion about you, you you can do it. You can do it too. Pretty wild that we're twenty twenty three, twenty twenty two season, and this is the first time. It's incredible. I mean, how many black coaches have won a Super Bowl? The list is very small. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Tony Dungy was the first. I remember yep. that. That was a big deal. God, we're going to do the same thing. Has it, anybody won it after Dungy? <laughs> it's a very small list. Yeah. That's, that's the answer even to been the question. There? Art Shell. Didn't Art Shell take a Raiders team there? Yeah. I think Lovey Smith was the coach of the Bears when they went and lost to the Colts. Cal- Caldwell coached and lost to the Saints Super Bowl. Yeah, Caldwell was the Colts coach. Um, so again, I mean, it's just a very small list. So you get something like this, you think oh, of Tomlin. the Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, yeah, yeah. touche. Mike Tom- so Tomlin Mike Tomlin probably would have been the first, yeah. right? He was before. No, it was Dungy. Was Dungy the first? Uh, but it just it, it points to like this. It's fun. It's an awesome story, and it's long overdue. I mean, the, the position has has changed drastically, and there used to be negative stereotypes about can you know are, sure. are they just athletes? Are they elite throwers? And you still deal with that from time to time. I mean, we had to go through the whole Lamar Jackson should he switch to wide receiver, and we didn't do that for Josh Allen should he switch to tight end. Like right, there there are still stereotypes that you have to deal with when you're coming out of college going to the NFL. But uh, they are they are representing the quarterback position of the NFL. <laughs> higher and higher numbers and it felt like it was only a matter of time and it's a really cool subplot for this weekend's game i think uh you know to me it's not even a racial conversation anymore i think it's moved towards just the way the position is played like for example i think more people regardless of race because josh allen you mentioned him he's pretty mobile dude he takes big hits um i i think more people wonder are you better served to have what kind of quarterback is best to win sure Right, it's the idea of can you win with a Lamar Jackson? The Baltimore Ravens don't appear to think so right now. Can you win with a Josh Allen even, who yeah. runs and punishes linebackers because he's six five, two hundred and forty pounds of just muscle running at you know probably seventeen, eighteen miles an hour at top speed. It's the style that we debate to me now more so. I don't know what races debate. 
I'm sure they're racist, so they just debate dumb things. But <laughs> non-racist people, like the style in which a quarter, like, is there a limited style that wins you a championship? And to me, the answer to that is no. I, I there's think, not. There's not. I, I think you have the ability to win in multiple ways. And I, I think that the right answer is somewhere between a hybrid. I, I think you are getting. When, a, but when you say Mahomes is a hybrid, I think he's not a runner. He's not a. He doesn't. You know, carry the ball 15 times a game. You're not calling quarterback sweeps. You're not. I mean, it, it, the legs are not the strength or a strength of his game. His ability to have pocket awareness and understand pressure, when to escape, when yes. to extend plays, like. Right. That is that is a skill set that he you can argue is maybe best at in the NFL, and I would argue that it, it's what made Aaron Rodgers so special. It's what separated Aaron Rodgers from guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady could not move. They were guys that if you got pressure on them in the pocket, they were going to fall over. They did not have the ability to make explosive plays down the field when things broke down around them. And those plays you cannot defend because you're essentially asking a defensive back to cover for like 8 to 13 seconds. Good luck with that against some of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL. So the answer to me will always be a hybrid. You don't want to just be a predominant, I can only run the football and you don't want to, in the modern era, I think, have a guy that is incapable of moving because it's a nice added dimension to have to your offense. But every coach themselves has to answer that question, where is the balance on that pendulum? Because we even went through this. I remember the opening game of the NFL season was Bills and Rams. The Rams were celebrating the Super Bowl. Buffalo was the, the, uh, you know, the favorite coming in. And one of the talking points that entire game was what? He can't do this with Josh. Why are they running Josh Allen so much? Stop running Josh. That was a talking point the entire game. Of, I, I have that right. as a fan. I'm are, like, yo, you're doing a little too much. Are you doing it to a detriment of your long-term success? Are you running him too much from one game to win? The 49ers had to go through this. Trey Should Lance, you be running right. Trey Lance in between the tackles? So it will always be a conversation, but I, I think you can win in either way. Longevity-wise, you want somebody that's obviously more prolific as a passer than a runner, but I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. You want balance. You want somebody that could do both. I think an underrated storyline for the Super Bowl is Jalen hurts and where he is at with his shoulder i don't care what that team says i watched that dude throw against the niners it didn't look pretty did not look good and his asset one of his big assets is the ability to use his legs is the ability to go get six to ten yards on any given run are they gonna do that because you're jeopardizing him taking another hit on that shoulder and if he's not gonna be able to throw i mean that there you go It, it could it could be a wide open layup for kansas city to steal a super bowl or take a super bowl away from philadelphia so to the the conversation point, like how mobile is Jalen Hurts going to be in this game? Because it's pretty important for their offense for him to be mobile, but he's dealing with a shoulder thing. Yep. Uh, we'll have more on the Super Bowl as we go on today, but uh, we got to get the second hour of the show. Ricky Williams will get his thoughts on this Super Bowl and his career, looking back at the Super Bowl opportunities he had or whatnot. What is the closest Ricky Williams has ever gotten to the Super Bowl? We'll find that out coming up in hour number two, but we kick it off. LeBron James sets the NBA all-time scoring record last night. We start there. Dirt and